Yeah, just reject the mic. <laughs> Perfect. Just dragon breath into the mic. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I got some crazy news. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take off my glasses to wipe my tears away. That's fair. Oh, me too. Okay, hold up. Guess what? Coming to you live from Alex Curry's Kitchen Counter, home of the Soft Shoulder Podcast with Stacey and Alex, in association presented by, but not affiliated with Bad Boy Records Incorporated. Your source for facts, both new and old, it's Mace News. I don't know. Mace is back. Yay! He is 100% back. He's also rumored to be going by Murder Mace again. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why? And he's back with a song called The Oracle 2, The Liberation of Mason Betha. Who's Betha? That's his last name, Mason Betha. Oh, Mason. Yeah. Mason Betha? Mason Betha. Oh, Wait, yeah. did we cover this in a previous episode of Mace News? Uh, no, but we learned that his sister's name is Stason. Right. Stason and Mason? Yes. Oh my God, that <laughs> makes sense now. Also, guess what? I think this is a bonus, wait, bonus fact. Wait, wait, I think if you had told me his name was Mason, I probably would have said, James Mason. Or, I don't know, not a very good James Mason. Guess what about huh? yeah. Mason and Stason? What? Are uh, they twins? Oh, of course they are. <laughs> Why do parents do that to children? I don't know. That's... Apparently, she was also on the Bad Boy Records roster. Oh, good for her. Yeah, good for you, Stacey. I think Stacey. she went by like Baby Stace. Real chicks do real things. Like find a man with a deal that still wanna swing. Always be one mind whenever I feel things. Probably got no wins, but I'ma still swing. And my real chicks feel what I mean. Am I right? Am I tight? Do the shit, bring it to the light. It's my body. Oh, so baby yeah. Stace. That's cute. Yeah, or like I don't think it was Lil Stace. It was before that. No, no Lils. But yeah, no, fuck. Mace is back with Oracle 2, The Liberation of Mason Betha, where he is calling out Diddy. By you mean, wait, you mean back, is this now or is this, this is, in the past? No, this is March 22nd, 2022. Oh. Mace released Oracle 2, The Liberation of Mason Betha. Oh my gosh. Can you believe it? I know, I can't at all. So he's calling out Diddy, uh-huh. one, uh-huh. for rep in Harlem, where okay. Mace is from, Okay. where Diddy is not from. He's not from. He's from Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon uh, in in Los Angeles? Probably. That's my assumption. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, he's also saying that he is a person that knows how to market death, saying that he uh, capitalized on Biggie Smalls' death. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. Um, so, like, over the years, he's kind of, like, alluded to the fact that, like, Diddy has been a kind of a shithead businessman, uh, uh-huh. especially to all the people that were on the Bad Boy label. Or, like, the best businessman. Yeah, one of the two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, according to him, this is, do I have the quote that Diddy said? No, that was from another article, I think. Oh, no, here he says, here's his uh, response to um, people such as Black Rob, Jadakiss, The Locks, and Mace, all saying that they were all, like, kind of shafted out of deals with Bad Boy Records. Uh-huh. So, uh, <laughs> Diddy, who also now, like, goes by love sometimes. Just love? Just love, yeah. Uh, he said, stop all your crying, bitching and moaning, hustle harder, or get the fuck out of our way. <laughs> Quote, love. Oh, 
That's what he said when people were uh, complaining that, um, you know, he really took advantage of them, of them over the years. I mean, I guess you always got to have a beef of uh, one kind or another to keep relevant. I guess. I mean, Mace <laughs> is back. Mace so is back. we have that to thank. The wow. song is rough. I know your strategies and what you have is being right now. I got a mole in your faculty. So when you get the nerd to come after me, what audacity. Gotta know the dollar sign wasn't rapper free. I can't imagine that it's good. It's a lot of auto tune. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's also really angry. Like, oh, really my. angry. So, Murder Mace is. Murder Mace is back. I've only seen that he's going by Murder Mace in one article, though. Okay. So, and he doesn't have a website. Well, good for him. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that's Mace News. <laughs> okay. Uh, we also have other housekeeping news to take care of that I've been fucking waiting for all goddamn week. So. Something happened much sooner than we thought it was going to happen. <laughs> I know the name of one of the dogs who wears pants. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. You told me earlier this week and I had, I, you're like, no, I'm not telling you. I have to wait. So, What's this dog's name? First, set, set me up. Lay, lay me out a scene of so how this happened. I'm walking on the trail. In the morning, like to walk on the trail in the morning. Yep, the trail. And uh, there's a part where there's sort of like there's two parallel paths and you can kind of see through because there's no trees right now. Well, no leaves on the trees right now. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking you know? about. And then out of the corner of my eye, I see a little flash of orange close to the ground. And I'm like, oh, the pants. He was wearing orange <laughs> pants that day? These are, yeah. Amazing. She. She. Holy shit. She was wearing orange pants wow, that day. Wow, okay. <laughs> my sexism is, sexism is showing. Yeah, mm-hmm. And uh, so, of course, I, like, was then just, like, hustling to try and catch up. Like, at the crossroads? Yeah, I was trying to meet at the, at the like, at the juncture. Amazing. <laughs> and I was hoping just to sort of, you know, like, ogle the dog a bit. But I feel like the woman who walks the dog could feel how excited I was. Sure. <laughs> it was just like, I guess I should talk to this person. And so she stopped and she was, like, you know, was very nice and sure. said, like, hello. And, and I was, and she was, like... This is Anna. 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 Amazing. Yeah, like wow. she's a fancy Eastern European woman. Wow, in an orange tracksuit. Yeah. Amazing. And I stood right in front of Anna, and I let her sniff my hand. Yeah. And then I reached out to pat her, and I pat her a little bit on the head, and she definitely kind of recoiled a little. So she's <laughs> far too fancy to be pat by a mere commoner such as I. Yeah, for sure. No, there's no there's no just patting Anna. You should have yeah. brought gifts. You should have brought, like, bacon in your pocket. I know. Well, I saw Anna this morning, too. What? Did yeah. you say hello? I did say hello. Are you guys on, like, first name basis I mean, now? I didn't I didn't actually. Anna was busy with the snow. I said hello to Anna's owner. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Where's the other one? I don't know. I think the other one is... A rotating Live, guest? I think the other one lives in a separate household. Oh, okay. And I feel Anna and her her parent live near me. I think I know where they live. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Which I will not disclose. <laughs> no, I mean, that's fair. Uh, okay, cool. So we have one. We have one. Anna. And I was closer. You were closer. What did I say? Rocket? You said Rocket and like Mr. Fluffy Pants or yeah, something, something like that. that. Uh, okay, so we have one. Do you think the other one's name is Elsa? It's a possibility. It could be. Yeah. It could be. It's a possibility. I mean, entirely. Or Olaf. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it is a big, giant white dog. I mean, the same day that I met Anna, that I figured out what her name is, um, I was also leaving my house later 
in the morning and there was this kind of like rough looking dude that was letting his like <laughs> shitty little dog poop on my lawn. Sweet. <laughs> it's like one of those like poodles cross the shih tzu, like real dumb looking dog. Yeah, you like know? a poo shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. just looks like it it just looks like it shouldn't exist. Sure. <laughs> and the dog's name was Wayne. <laughs> I was like, come on, Wayne. <laughs> Wayne. I was like, hold on. Especially for a little dog. That's yeah. amazing. Um, just yesterday, or maybe the day before. Uh, yeah, day before, uh, my daughter and I went to the big dog park over in Belleville. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. No dog. Just to go pet dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it, to be opportunists. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> Sounds was pretty awesome. good. Yeah, I didn't get any dog's names. There was one that was old and tiny. Uh-huh. That was 15 that they wouldn't let her pet. Yeah. And then there was another one named Staunch. 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 Hmm. Yeah. And then there was like these two big fluffy white dogs that were like running the whole thing. Oh my God. Yeah, it was amazing. It was super Like fun. the dogs who wear pants? Exactly like the dogs who wear pants. Do you think it was them? No. I would have noticed the owner. Oh. Yeah. You recognize her now. Yeah. She's a blonde lady. Correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This was not a blonde lady. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unless she's renting out the dog in pants. And right. there was no pants. Once I've seen the dog in pants being walked by a man, too, so. This is scandal. Yeah. <laughs> Are we sure it was that one, though? Maybe it was, it's like a split household situation where Anna's in one house and Olaf's in the other. Well, I, th- I don't think they live in the same house. I do honestly think they live, they are just like friends. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm piecing it together here. I'm the detective for the dog who wears pants. <laughs> I love this uh, this whole narrative. It's well, amazing. It, I mean, I don't think I'm the only one in town who cares this deeply as well. Because I also saw it was like whatever nice day it was, and I was like walking home, and I saw them like crossing on Main Street, and there were these two ne'er do wells that I think might be someone I know because. <laughs> I'm pretty sure screamed my name and I turned around and I was like, this is too far away for me to tell who that is. But I heard them saying, like, I love your dog to the to the woman who is walking Whoa. the dog who wears pants. Okay. So, yeah. So I feel like it's, you know, whenever I mention the dog who wears pants to, you know, anyone, people, people about town, they are familiar. Yeah, people know. You <laughs> yeah. don't just walk a giant white dog in pants no, and nobody knows who it is. Exactly. Not in a small town anyways. <laughs> but we're doing the hardcore, hard-hitting information and we got the name. We got the name. That's amazing. I can't even believe it. No. Anna. <laughs> Anna. Not even Anna. No, Anna. Anna. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, <laughs> great. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we got Maze News, Human Interest Piece. I feel like we should actually talk about uh, being back to the Soft Shoulder Podcast. Oh, no. I, I'm going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Alex, a little touch of Schmalix in the dark. In the night. <laughs> in the dark. You. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Stacy. Dreams are nothing more than wishes. And a wish is just a dream you wish will come true. Sprawl. (laughs) (laughs) And today we're talking about Harry Nielsen, who I love. Harry Nielsen's amazing. Same. Love him. Yeah. He's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to describe how I was introduced to Harry Nielsen. Don't you think you heard probably a million Harry Nielsen songs sung by other people before you actually heard them sung by I think that's the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the first time I ever heard any Nielsen song was probably Mariah Carey doing Without You. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know she does a version of that. She did. That's the only version I knew. Oh. I knew the air supply version. There's an air supply version? Yeah. 
sure it's air supply. You're probably right. Yeah. Not Where the like bad the finger version? Real hard. I don't think I've heard the bad finger version. The air the air supply version is like the like real hardcore 80s like you know butthurt version. <laughs> Maybe that's the one that I'm thinking I can't remember. But I just remember like <laughs> finding out I was like, "Oh damn, he did that." And then I thought he wrote it for the longest time. Yeah. Which he did not. Yeah. There's a few songs that are like um songs that are you know made popular by him or like I don't know, what am I trying to say? He also didn't write Everybody's Talking. No, no, so. <laughs> I forget. I have it written down, but it's by some guy. I don't Fred know. Neil. Fred Neil. Okay. Yeah. What else did Fred Neil write? Fred Neil did a song called Dolphins. Dolphins. That I like. Amazing. Okay. Out to get Only know that peace will come when all hate is gone. I think you would like Fred Neal. I'd, I'd be down for listening to some Fred Neal. I'm surprised you don't know him because I feel like he's also another like um, Spotify algorithm darling. Okay. <laughs> you know, like okay. where the Spotify algorithm is always just like, you want to listen to Fred Neal, don't you? Mine has been <laughs> packed with the turtles lately. Like it's been all <laughs> what, turtles really? all the time. Oh yeah. my God. Did you know that uh, there's this family lore in uh, Crawdaddy's family that his, that the song Eleanor is about his grandmother? How? Explain. Because apparently she's a beauty queen. Wow. And her name's Eleanor. And it's like the timing lines up. Should we write the turtles? I mean, that's what that's what his whole family alleges. So I don't Amazing. know. Amazing. That's the, one of the songs that's been coming on every single time. No matter go. what I listen to now, the next the next song after the album is done is Gotta Get Up by Harry Nielsen, followed by Eleanor by the Turtles. Huh. Weird. Yeah. Also, the album that Eleanor's off of, have you ever heard that? No, I don't really listen to the Turtles. <laughs> Dude, you got to listen to that record. The, the Turtles Battle of the Bands. Oh. It's like the Turtles Sgt. Pepper's. Oh, weird. It's great. So it's huh. like they're playing a different band every song. Okay. Like they're like acting as a different band. Okay. And it's great. Like it's a really good record. And they like flat out just say like like you know they're like you know like we we straight up ripped off the Beatles. Like we just wanted to do that. I mean everyone ripped off the Beatles. Yeah, well Sgt. Pepper was massive. Yeah. I guess if you want to get fair, everybody ripped off uh Brian Wilson. I guess so. I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I under bracket know. competition, Paul McCartney <laughs> versus Brian Wilson. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, right? I'd take McCartney. I'd take Wilson. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like those weird um, Paul McCartney songs that I love. Like, uh, what's the song where he does? Oh, I always forget how it goes, but it's the one where he's in the video a million times just as himself. Coming up. Coming up, yeah. <laughs> Coming up. 
Oh, yeah. Coming up. <laughs> Linda's there, too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's great. It's just like a ton of Pauls and Linda. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I would put uh, Smart Girls by uh, Brian Wilson up against that. You ever hear Smart Girls? Don't think so. Holy shit. 1990 fucking rap song? Someone's stealing your car out I there? know. I hear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My car doesn't have a car. I'm crazy. <laughs> uh, Smart Girls. It's... <laughs> <laughs> you have to hear that. All right. Okay. It's like a pastiche of like all of his like past tunes and like he'll like say like <laughs> My name is Brian and I'm the man. I write hit songs with the wave of my hand. Songs of surf and sun and sand. I make great music with my band. Songs of dance to and songs of joy. Cause I'm the original. It's more. I can't even describe it, but it starts out with like, my name is Brian and I'm something, something like it's amazing. Oh, it's kind of like a, my name is Brian and I'm here to say it's I'm exa- a really funky dude in a in cool a way. Boys way <laughs> yeah, girl. Like and then he's like, oh, and no. I used to like the girls because of their looks, but now I like them because they're intelligent. Oh, <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. Oh God. No. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely play that. That's when I'm starting the album. <laughs> this episode <laughs> with this smart girl. Um, uh, Harry Nilsson, oh, yeah. uh, born on Father's Day. Doesn't and, Father's Day always move, though? I guess of that year. Of that Father's year. Day. The Father's Day of 1941. Oh, it just like plays so hard into that like like pity narrative he has, though. Oh, like, 100%. And the, the definite like hard daddy issues narrative. Mm. Like every, like at least once an album, there's a song about his father. I'm kind of over it, you know, like I get it. But also at the same time, like, I don't know. Like I, I I do love Harry Nielsen, but I feel like it's sort of like um he's just like a self-absorbed ass- asshole, you know? Oh yeah, no, for sure. And like I feel like I reserve very few spots for people like that in the roster of people that I like and it's like Harry Nielsen and like Towns Van Sant and that's it. <laughs> I throw some John Lennon in there. Mm, I could leave it. <laughs> yeah. I, I there's a reason why him and John Lennon are friends. Yeah, totally. And such good friends. Interchangeable though, yeah. right? <laughs> but like he was like I guess the best way to describe Harry Nielsen is like he could spend a weekend or a full week with John Lennon being a great friend and a maniac with booze and drugs, but Ringo is the best man in his wedding. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, Also, the co-star in the awful movie I watched this afternoon, Son of Dracula. Well, it's your own fault. It was unwatchable. Yeah. It sucked. I couldn't even make out what was happening. Mm -hmm. But really cool performance of uh, Jumping to the Fire. Oh, yeah. Which was... <laughs> I love that delay. Yeah, it's That, like, slight good. delay on his voice. It's, yeah. Uh, you don't hear that. Like, I've never heard just, like, the slight, like, almost immediate, like, slapback delay. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Klaus Vormann, just Vormann, Vormann. Vormann? Klaus Vormann, just ripping <laughs> it up on the bass. Uh, yeah, uh, Harry Nilsson grew up um, ex- like extremely poor mm-hmm. uh, in Brooklyn. Um, uh, son of an alcoholic mother who just kind of um, did everything that she possibly could do to, to get by. Yeah. Uh, his father abandoned him, uh, hence all the, the father issues that come up. And... Um, We'll find out later that he uh, kind of didn't break that cycle, at least not at first. Um, 
There was a thing in the. Did you ever see? Did you watch Harry? Who's Harry Nielsen? And why is everybody talking about him? Yep. Yeah, but they talked about like there was times in his life where like he had to eat dog food. Yeah. That's all he could afford. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so like, um, basically, like, you can just like if you want to hear the best way that he describes his childhood, just listen to the song "Dear Old Dad." Yeah. Like that's just it's it's pretty autobiographical. Mm-hmm. Um, in June 1957, I guess he would have been what 16. He lost his job as a caddy and was thrown out of his house by his family. Sorry, he was 15. Uh, they just said they couldn't afford him anymore. <laughs> so he literally just, like, made his way to East L.A. It was a different time. <laughs> yeah, 15. He's just yeah. like, well, I guess here we go. I guess I'll move to a different state and be an adult. <laughs> yeah. So at 15, he started working at the Paramount Theater yeah. in L.A. And then he was the manager. And he was watching all of his uh, employees go for jobs at the bank. Mm-hmm. and they'd be getting jobs as, like, tellers and whatnot, and then he's like, what, I was their boss? Should I just apply to be their boss at the bank? <laughs> Which he did. He just applied for a managerial position at the bank, and he got it. Um, and apparently ended up running, like, like early, like, like computer setup in, okay. the, in this bank or something. So he was kind of like uh, Jimmy Stewart's character in... Um... Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Exactly like that. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't have your money. It's a Bill's house. <laughs> it's a John's house. <laughs> but I can sell you a song called Cuddly Toy, <laughs> which was his first big hit. Oh. Um, he sold it to the the monkeys. Uh huh. And when he sold it to the monkeys, uh, basically his manager took him outside and said, "You can quit that job at the bank." You're not the only cuddly toy that was ever enjoyed by any boy. You're not the only choose train that was left out in the rain the day of the cake. Cute. Yeah. Don't you think that, like, his early stuff definitely did what a lot of American artists did at the time, where they were, like, kind of, like, pretending they were British a little bit? Oh, sure, 100%. His stuff sounded very, very British invasion. Yeah. Like, uh, especially, like, his first two records. Yeah. Um... So, like, his first ever uh, record, which was on Tower Records, he put out, like, four singles with Tower. Mm-hmm. And then um, eventually they uh, put those four singles and all the B-sides out in, it was called Spotlight on Nielsen. Wait a second. Yeah. You were wearing an Aerosmith hat? <laughs> Hell yeah, I was. How very dare you. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> It's it's amazing. Where's all your uh, silk scarves on your microphone? You would say it would be crazy for me not to wear this hat. <laughs> um, I'm crying when I'm not wearing this hat. <laughs> but you are living on the edge when you're wearing the hat. Dream on if you think I'm not going to wear this hat. Uh, pink. <laughs> what about honking on Bobo? Are you also honking on Bobo when you're wearing that hat? I'm always honking on Bobo. <laughs> okay. Uh, remember the video for Pink? No. Oh, where they were like morphing into all the different people. Oh my God, like Animorph style? Exactly like Animorph style. It was like very oh. early, like face swap technology. Oh, so yeah, like, like that Michael Jackson video. The... Exactly like okay, that. Okay, yeah. So, but it was Aerosmith <laughs> and it was like, oh shit, Joey Kramer's a fucking centaur. And like, what? It was fucked. Oh, I don't also, like that. that song sucks. I mean, Aerosmith sucks. Think it was love at first sight. Oh my god, I didn't I couldn't even remember the song you were talking about. <laughs> Pink gets me high as a kite. All I remember at one point he goes, Cause Pink is my favorite crayon. <laughs> Anyways. Oh jeez. Watch the video for Pink. 
No thanks. Uh, at this point, Harry Nilsson was basically just being like touted as like one, just a phenomenal songwriter, uh-huh. two, amazing singer with like a three and a half octave range. Um, the big thing about him is that he was really, really good at close harmony. Yeah. So like he he like like harmonize between the notes. Yeah. Which sounded really cool. Um, uh, along with like all the work that he did with musical composition, he was just kind of like a. Just a powerhouse. You well, know he did I mean? all. He did like all of that layered harmony himself, which is nuts. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of like same with that that documentary I was watching. They said that there was a somebody reviewed his first record, and was like, "Yeah, this is really good," but I think he probably should have like credited the backup singers because yeah. they did a wonderful job. And they're like, "No, that was that all was just Harry. him." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and apparently he he did it mostly like um, like one take. Like, it wasn't, like, a, a big deal for him. It's pretty impressive. I mean, he's a great musician. You can't argue with that. Mm. You definitely can't. Um, so, yeah, at this point, people were just kind of starting to to get, to catch wind of Harry Nielsen. Like, mm-hmm. he was just, uh, like, no big hits, but people were like, oh, yeah, there's, like, a new songwriting kid on the block. Like, you know, like, he was shopping out some of his, his songs here and there. Nothing was really landing. Uh, but then he signed with RCA. And put out the album Pandemonium Shadow Show. Did you hear that? Uh, no, I don't think I did. It's great. Yeah? Yeah, Pandemonium Shadow Show is fucking fantastic. Oh. Yeah, really neat record. Um, he originally wanted to call the album, uh, what did he want to call it? Something Wicked This Way Comes, mm-hmm. after uh, the Ray, Ray Bradbury novel. And a Macbeth. And, oh, maybe. That's I don't know. Macbeth first. Macbeth first? <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I, it was around the time of this because Bradbury wouldn't give him permission to oh, use it. I see, yeah. So it, the whole album wasn't a hit, but the song You Can't Do That became a top 10 single in only Canada. Huh. Yeah, super weird. Because I told you His big break from this album came when uh, Derek Taylor, who was the publicist for the Beatles, publicist, <laughs> heard the song 1941 oh, yeah. uh, on his like car radio while his wife wasn't getting groceries. Uh-huh. Then he went and he bought a, a case, like an actual 12-pack of records. Oh, my God. And gave them to all of his friends, and including the Beatles. Wow. Yeah. So the Beatles actually at this point became like big fans of Harry Nielsen, mm-hmm. who was just going by Nielsen at this point. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, he just went by Nielsen. Yeah. Most like, of the time. Yeah. So like, yeah, they were like, he was actually getting calls like, you know, like from John Lennon being like, hey, we heard your record. It's amazing. Like Derek gave it to us. Like, we think this is fantastic. Then be like the next week he get like a call from like, you know, Paul. Yeah. Just be like, yeah, we really like it. And like, he's just like, holy shit, this is nuts. <laughs> um, he also had a chance run in with the members of the Monkees at this point. Oh, yeah. Where he decided that he would just um, like demo his newest songs, just like him and a guitar or a piano, I think. Uh-huh. And at that point, they that was when they bought Cuddly Toy, which they put out on headquarters, which was uh, the first record where the Monkees were able to like write their own music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they put Daddy Song on uh, Head. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so Pandemonium, Shadow Show, the first song was originally Daddy Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it got released. Yeah. And then when the Monkees bought the rights to the song, they actually had to re-release Pandium, Pandemonium, Shadow Show without Daddy Song on it. Oh, I see. Okay. Because the Monkees now own the song. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Oh, there's a lot to talk about with Harry Nielsen. There's oh. a lot going on with Oh, him. my gosh, you guys. Do you, does anyone need a nap? <laughs> <laughs> See, I find this stuff interesting. <laughs> uh, after that, in 1968, he put out uh, Aerial Ballet. It's a good album. Which had everybody's talking on it, which mm-hmm. is his biggest hit. Everybody's talking at me. Can't hear a word they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind I won't let you leave my love behind Everybody's talking at me I don't hear a word they're saying Only the echoes of my mind That he did not write he did not write it. Did. Uh, who did we say that it was written Fred on? Neil. Fred Neil. Fred Neil. That's it. It wasn't the guy from uh, the Eagles? No, it was not Randy Meisner. Not Randy Meisner? Okay. It was not Randy Meisner. Fine. Or Cornelius Bumpus. Or uh, uh, we're an American band. Oh, my God. Grand Funk Railroad? Dude, my brain is destroyed. Like, I'm done. Done forever. Uh, also... Uh-huh. The reason I'm wearing the hat, yeah. Joey Kramer uh, from Aerosmith claims that the name Aerial Ballet uh-huh. was the inspiration for the name Aerosmith and their fucking wing symbol. Huh. Don't know why. Don't know how. Weird. But according to Joey Kramer, that's what's up. Aerosmith is so dumb. Aerosmith <laughs> suck. Like, I put Aerosmith <laughs> up there with like, uh, I don't know, like ACDC? Like yeah. shit I never want to yeah, hear yeah, yeah. in my whole life. Yeah, like... I will hear the first, like, I would say five to ten seconds of Hell's Bells, and if I do not immediately run to whatever machine is playing it and throw it out the window, then there's something wrong with my brain. I'll still to this day say that Big Balls is the worst song ever written. Yeah. Like, ever. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Like, I hate that song so much. Yeah, there's a lot of really trash songs written by those two bands collectively that are just sort of like, why did you guys think that people wanted to hear songs about this? Well, cause... <laughs> just sucks yeah it just sucks all i can say yeah yeah just bad anywho (laughs) (laughs) also ariel ballet was written after a circus act of uh, nielsen's grandparents apparently they i think they might have been trapeze artists oh cute yeah they were carnies (laughs) Uh, (laughs) then he did his first soundtrack work Uh uh-huh on the movie skidoo Right. Did you, you did, so no, I just I just came across across that this afternoon and I was like, what's Skidoo? And then I was like, I don't know if I have time to really look into this. Why didn't you watch Skidoo instead? I couldn't find Skidoo. Uh, uh, I listened to the first song off the Skidoo tra- soundtrack, which is Harry Nielsen singing the whole cast and crew. <laughs> oh my God. Like right down to the, uh, like, like at the end, he's like, Paramount logo. Oh like, my and like, God. Like MCIX. Like it's. How's your popcorn? Copyright MCMLXBIII by Sigma Productions Incorporated. Your seat's on fire. The story, the characters, and the incidents are fictitious. Ho hum, etc. Like the whole thing. It's very like, charming. It's amazing. <laughs> Apparently, that was the uh, the end credits. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's, I, I, I do recommend listening to it. I'll put it in. There was one. There is a thought that I had today too, where I was like, I, I kind of like, I, I looked at my top five and I like listened to them in a row, and I was like. A lot of Harry Nielsen songs actually just sound like the song that would end a movie. 
Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I find all of his stuff sounds very soundtracky. It's very cinematic. It's very, like, emotional, but not in a sort of, like, super crazy way. Like, just enough to, like, give you a single tear, but, like, not too much. Sure, but then also it's times so silly. Yeah, and then, like, it's, it's also, like, walks that line between, like, is this music for children? And then... Um, you hear a line where you're like, this is definitely not for children. For sure, for sure. <laughs> He's uh, like, I, I don't know. I don't think there's anybody quite like Harry Nielsen. You know what I mean? Like it was definitely a very interesting career to go through. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, and like watch and just see, especially listen to. Like, especially... I mean, I feel like the only people that can really be compared to it are those like people that are his contemporaries, which would be like the Randy Newmans of the world, sure. the Van Dyke Parks and stuff like yep. that. Yep. But like they didn't have the same kind of, I mean, I guess Randy Newman now is is very known for his soundtrack work on like Pixar films. Sure, but, but... I mean, that was many, many years later. Yeah, so like... I think they're the only ones that would be, like, comparable. Yeah, or, like, well, I mean, a lot of people compared him as the closest thing that America had to the Beatles. Yeah. And he was just one guy. I guess so. Yeah. The Beatles used to say that Harry Nielsen was their favorite band. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Which is just, like, amazing. (laughs) They'd be like, yeah, the best band right now is Harry Nielsen. Yeah, it's pretty cute. Show me a better one. (laughs) Um, So after Skidoo in 69, he put out Harry. Uh Uh-huh. it's okay. It's got the puppy song on it. I like the puppy song. Yeah. I like the puppy song I actually first heard um, on a Mary Hopkins album. Do you know Mary Hopkins? I do. Yeah. On Apple? Yeah, on yeah, Apple. Yeah. Um, that first record that she, I guess it's Paul McCartney produced it. Yep. It's such a great album. It's so weird and spooky. It's really good. Yeah. And she was only 18 at the time. Yeah. And she's got that like crazy little like reedy voice and all those like weird creepy covers that she chose to sing, you know? So first time I heard the puppy song Uh was from um, an album called All Join In from 2009. Put out by our boy. Oh, God. Kenny Loggins. <laughs> <laughs> his first um, his first children's album since Return to Pooh Corner. I mean, the puppy song is a classic. Yeah. Well, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be him. Yeah. That was the other cool thing about uh, like Harry Nielsen is just going through all of his 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 music and just seeing like who covered him. Yeah. Like knowing that like, like the song open your window, which is also from Harry. Yeah. Uh, was recorded in the same year by Ella Fitzgerald. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Taking it easy is easy as pie. And holding your hand is such a natural high. You said fly. Need to hear? Yeah. I forget, um, there was some other song I looked up and I was looking at how many people, well, it's also like then the covers that he chose to do and all that stuff too is also kind of interesting. Sure. He did a lot of Beatles on his early records. Yeah, I love that uh, Mother Nature's Son. Swaying daisies sing a lazy song beneath the sun.
cover. I was just about to say that yeah. was, uh, the Beatles said that, that like the Beatles fucking loved Harry Nielsen. Yeah. Uh, they said it was their favorite uh, Beatles cover song they've ever heard. I'm not crazy about the Beatles. There's like probably a handful of Beatles songs that I like love and then sure. the rest of it I can throw away. But Mother Nature's Son is a Mother Nature's nice song, song. Is, uh, Son is amazing. Yeah. It's a great song. Such a beautiful song. Um, also, this song or this album has, I guess, The Lord Must Be in New York City, which was the Ooh. song that uh, Harry Nielsen actually wrote for Midnight Cowboy. Right. Yeah, because Midnight Cowboy put out an open casting call to, or a songwriting call, I suppose, to yeah. whoever wanted to put in. Like uh, Bob Dylan put Lay, Lady, Lay. Right. Uh, yeah. So they were actually using um, uh, Everybody's Talking as like just like a placeholder. Yeah. Until they found something else. Yeah. But then in the end, they're just like, oh, we just really like this. Yeah. Which is fortunate because he actually ended up winning Best Male Pop Vocal Performance that year. Yeah. Yeah. Such a great song. I mean, I, I do love Fred Neal, but like, I think it is the thing as well with like some Harry Nielsen covers where you're like, you know, you compare the original or like people who did it after or whatever. And you're kind of like, I don't know, the Harry Nielsen versions are kind of always the best. <laughs> he does. He just does them so well. Like, yeah. He's just, he has a good way of like making a song his own and without it coming off as like trite. Yeah. You know I mean? And he is really, truly a spectacular vocalist. So it's often always the like kind of extra stuff that he adds in, like the part in everybody's talking where he goes like where he does the like oh, 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 oh. sure sure <laughs> you know where it's like it's kind of like silly and goofy but also it's like it totally works it definitely works you especially know? when you're just listening to it yeah like, it, he looks a little goofy because he's always doing like you know like little like trumpet movements and yeah. stuff like that but it's like sounds great yeah <laughs> yeah especially have you seen any of the stuff from his like playboy after dark uh series no um if if on the documentary when he's like you know when he's in that those like rooms and he's wearing the oh yeah and, and there's like, a bunch of people so that's from playboy after dark he looks like such a nerd he looks like a crazy nerd he's wearing like <laughs> chains with a turtleneck yeah he looks amazing <laughs> and he's like yeah that's like early harry nielsen too yeah. so he's like super clean cut yeah like, um yeah and there's one where he's like he's like going like and then like he just looks at people and he's like i just made that up and they're all like harry uh speaking of guess the lord must be in new york city uh sinead o'connor does an amazing cover of that oh my god she does yeah it's really cool as well as uh mac demarco's first man make a videotape does a cool cover of it Yeah. Should just put together like a whole bunch of like Harry Nielsen covers. Ooh, we could make a playlist. Yeah, we could. Yeah, let's do that. Let's make a let's make a playlist. I That'd definitely have a bunch loaded up that I'm like both originals and Harry Nielsen covers. You know, like the person who wrote the song. Sure. And the Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can make two. We can make like songs that he's covered and then people that have covered him. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, cool. The Nielsen verse. Yeah, the Nielsen. Yeah. Then after uh, putting out uh, Harry in 69, he put out Nielsen Sings Newman in 1970. Which I love. It's amazing. It's, just it's a such a good album. Full record of just Harry, Harry Nielsen singing Paul Newman songs with Paul Newman on piano. Except it's Randy Newman. 
Oh, did I say Paul Newman? Yeah. Have I been saying Paul Newman this whole time? <laughs> no, just now. <laughs> this is when they got together to make salad dressing. <laughs> and when Harry Nielsen started co starring Cool Hand Luke. Yeah. But that, that Randy Newman album I do truly love so much because it's like some of those songs are um, like I, I went into a deep dive on the song Vine Street today because sure. I was like, I know the Van Dyke Parks version of mm-hmm. it from um, so- Song Cycles. Shh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Not 100%. And um, it's kind of like this weird little, I mean, that whole album is kind of just like little snippets of songs that got, kind of get stitched together. Sure. But it's like it starts off with a little song and in the Van Dyke Parks version, it's kind of this like country-ish song. Oh, cool. And then someone cuts in and is like, this is, you know, this was a song that like, like then the song becomes about that song you just heard. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And so in the in the Harry Nielsen version of it, it's like a totally different song that yeah, starts yeah. it off. And I was like, I listened to it back several times, and I was like, because Harry Nielsen is singing some song in the beginning of Vine Street about like Annette or something, or yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. it's kind of more of a rock and roll song. Sure. Um, but I I I think also like hearing like Randy Newman is also a great songwriter. Yeah. But I will not say that Randy Newman has a wonderful voice. <laughs> No, no, but he has a very distinct it's voice. It's a distinct voice, but there's certain songs where you're just like, oh, Harry Nielsen sings this much better. I, I got to show my, my friend who was visiting from Nova Scotia, uh, shout out to my friend Katie. Katie! Who's uh, five foot nothing. Uh, we were driving and going uh, like on a random excursion. Uh-huh. And I get to show her short people. They got the baby legs. What a song. <laughs> she so she had never seen the nineteen nineties film Little Rascals? <laughs> Maybe not, I guess not, no. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Short people. <laughs> Short people got no I like, reason. <laughs> got to pick them up just to say hello. <laughs> it's just so good. It's, a lot of his songs are such ch- tongue-in-cheek, like just yeah, total asshole totally. songs. Like, they're, they're all just like kind of like weird little jokey. Like it's like, you know, it's just like Van Dyke Parks and like Randy Newman, like Harry Nielsen, all those guys are kind of like – um very well-trained musicians like sure very adept at their craft and um just like total jokesters as well sure so yeah, it yeah. just becomes yeah it just becomes about the lols <laughs> well it's good though because you can just tell that they're having fun yeah like, that's the thing and i like that you yeah. know what i mean it's nice to hear like people have fun on on records totally it's great yeah um so at this point he put out oh at this 
Point in 1970. Uh! Ah! <laughs> Harry Nielsen put out The Point, uh, the soundtrack record to an animated film, also called The Point, and a children's story called The Point that Harry Nielsen wrote while he was on acid. Uh, Harry Nielsen was very high on acid and was uh, looking around and being like, the trees have points, the houses have points, <laughs> oh, my fingers have points, everything has a point. Oh, and then he wrote this. Uh, okay. Yeah, which uh, you and I watched. We did with your child and your child hated it. Yeah, she got very <laughs> bored and started watching iPad halfway through. To be fair, it was boring. That movie is boring. It's boring. It's only exciting when the when the music is happening. The music is amazing. I love the song that's like... um, um Early in the beginning when you're getting introduced to the, the town. This is the town and these are the people. This is the town where the people all stay. This is the town and these are the people. That's the way they want it. This is the town and these are the people. This, this is, is the, the town, town where, where the people, people all stay. live. Stay. <laughs> oh, stay? Oh, okay. <laughs> Such a good song. Uh, I also like Bubbles on that song. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know if it's called Bubbles. but he's Yeah, like, the one that's like... Um, take a tear into a teacup and... Sit beside the breakfast table. Think about your troubles. Pour yourself a cup of tea and think about the bubbles. You can take your teardrops and drop them in a teacup. In the end, he's talking about like fish getting eaten by whales. Yeah. And the, 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 like the water and table. Think about, think about the bubbles. Yeah, yeah. Think about your troubles and yeah. throw away with the bubbles. Anyways, yeah. really so, good song. Good Arrow song. is on that song, yeah. or on that record, which yeah. is incredible. Me and my Yeah, really good record. Um, it's all about a little boy with a round head named Oblio, mm -hmm. who's born in a town of people with all pointed heads. And everything has a point in the land of point. So um, the, what is it, the Duke? Yeah. The Duke is evil and his son's a shithead. Yeah. And his shithead son wants Oblio to leave because he's better at playing a game than him. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Ring toss or point toss or something? Triangle toss. Triangle toss, where mm -hmm. they're trying to catch like uh, little triangles on their heads. Mm -hmm. uh, Oblio ends up winning because his dog Arrow sits on his shoulder and they're a really good team. Oblio ends up getting kicked out of the town and banished to the pointless forest. Yeah. Where he meets uh, the pointed man, uh -huh. who's super annoying. Yeah. And he meets the rock man, who's basically just an old hippie. <laughs> The, the bouncy ladies. Uh, the bouncy ladies, who I love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who, who at, the, at that point, that was like when he first realized that like even something as pointless as these women just like bouncing around and laughing like has a point because, uh -huh. you know, laughter and, and joy is a point. There you go. Yeah. So eventually Oblio essentially just like wanders in a giant circle and comes back to town where everybody just greets him back. <laughs> and then Oblio grows a point on his head of his own and everybody else goes away. Yeah. It's it's kind of confusing at the end. I think they, they really Super confusing do at the a end. good job like wrapping up the narrative. Sure. Especially considering that like his parents are both like his mom seems to be slightly concerned that she's letting a child go out into the forest alone. Yeah, but, <laughs> but the dad's always the dad's like, like <laughs> just really doesn't seem to care that much. And then when he returns, he's like, "Oh, oh, very good then." Like, 
Very good, very good. Glad to see you're not eaten by wolves, yeah. son. Good to see you, Obeo and Arrow. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, it's, uh, it's something. It is. I also figured out, so I was trying to figure out why I, like the animation really reminded me of something. Yeah. Uh, it was done by Fred Wolf in yeah. Fred Wolf Studios. Uh-huh. So the biggest one that we would know was they animated the how many licks does it get to the take to get to the center oh, of a tootsie yeah, pop campaign? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was that exact same animation style because it was it was it's very close to Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, totally. Um, but I was like, what is it? Because it's not that. Yeah. So yeah, it was that. Huh. Yeah. Uh, the first uh, telecast of it was narrated by Dustin Hoffman. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The home video release and DVD releases are all narrated by Ringo Starr. Yes. Alan Barsman? Who that? Uh, uh, he's, do you remember the show Beekman's World? Yes! <laughs> oh my god! Flip the tube on there, will you, Herb? Oh, there's never anything new on TV, Don. Hey, at least we can warm our feet by it. <laughs> Seen it. Seen it. <laughs> Seen it. What is it? Okay, Don? Yeah, I guess so. Well, what do you think of this channel? Well, my feet are warm. And now, the one you've heard about, the one you've been waiting for, the quarterback of questions, the King Kong of knowledge, the Duke of discovery, the giantest of scientists, the Elvis of experimentation, the B-Man himself. Ladies and gentlemen, we give you the one and only... Me, Beekman. And you've just broken into Beekman's world. Beekman! So he was one of the penguins? One of the penguins? There was two penguins. They were named Herb and something else. And... That's the only thing that I could find that only, Alan Barsman I, was in. I only remember there was the guy in the rat suit. Oh, uh, do you mean Lab Rat? Lab Rat. And yeah. then there was the girl. I can't remember. Uh-huh. I don't remember a penguin suit person. Pe- I don't know. I looked it up and oh apparently uh, Alan Barsman. Can we find clips of Beekman's World? Oh, I watched some this afternoon. <laughs> I had to find some clips of Herb the Penguin. Uh, speaking of which, have you watched like any clips of like Bill Nye the Science Guy recently? Like current bill nye no i mean like 90s bill Bill nye Nye. no i haven't i mean it's just like (laughs) it's like a it's it's a wild ride like it's there's a lot going on (laughs) sure even the uh (laughs) like the intro well you were do you remember yeah the intro for sure but like do you remember at the end of every episode they would do like a parody of like a 90s song no yeah they would do like a parody like it'd be like a salt and pepper song but it would be about science Combination mad is cool, it's made with molecules. And did you ever think about the molecules? The bond is very cool, very, very cool. The stars and planets are made of, are made of an atom combination. And those atoms are so tiny that you never see them, like hydrogen and carbon and oxygen. We know that they exist, because we see how they react. And only 92 of them, you know that atoms all combine. They make up molecules. Matter is all around. 
Yeah, you don't remember that? No, I don't oh remember that. You should find was it one. him singing? No, it was like the kids. The oh, kids would amazing. like, and they would make a music video for it, and it would what? like come up with the titles and everything. Wow, I guess <laughs> I would have definitely. I guess I just didn't watch Bill Nye growing up. Yeah, I guess you didn't. Wow, <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> cool. Uh, and the third telecast was Alan Thicke. Oh yeah. Yeah, of uh, Growing Pains and so many other famous songs that he wrote for television. He wrote a ton of like television intros. He did? Yeah, back in the day. Like I, what? I don't know. I'd have to look Did he it write up. the Charles in Charge theme song? I don't know. Did he write the Dear John theme song? Let's look it up right now. <laughs> Dear John. Did he write the Perfect Strangers theme song? He might have. Oh my God, I love that Hold one. on, let's see. I'll find out right now. How does right it go? It's like, it's like standing tall <laughs> on the wings of my dream. Isn't it? Yes, Rise and fall. <laughs> It's like, my dreams, my life, nothing's going to stop me now. I think it goes, nothing's going to stop me, nothing's going to stop me now. Okay, hold on. Which songs I mean, that show is extremely problematic, though. uh, Yeah. What songs did Alan Thicke wrote, it says? Uh, Different Strokes. (gasps) Perfects of Life. Oh, okay. Hold on. What? He wrote... No, he didn't. That's what it's saying here. He wrote that? Yeah. Uh, he wrote Once the... We- there was this kid who... <laughs> Holy shit, he did Three's Company. Oh, wow. Uh, the Diamond Head game? That's the a- Wizard of Odds? Okay. Hold on. Those I sound to- like game shows. I have to find out if he actually wrote... Mm. Yeah, we got this is a crash test dummies tangent. Yeah, for sure. It's <laughs> we need needed. To, it's needed. We need to know. <laughs> who wrote mm, mm. <laughs> Who wrote mm-mm-mm? No, now it's saying that Brad Roberts wrote it. I know, like I don't think Brad Roberts is like going to Alan Thick looking for Hold on. Did Alan Thick <laughs> Who's lying? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Robin Thicke wrote a song for his late father. Hold on. Uh, you couldn't quite explain it. It always just been there. <laughs> no, it doesn't say. Why would it say that? Now I know. Okay, hold on. Did he was write it on, anything? Was it on Wikipedia? Because the Wikipedia can be wrong. No, it wasn't Wikipedia. This was just like Alan... Thick. Oh, it's like the Google results yeah, thing? That yeah. can also be wrong. Fucking Google. Yeah. You can't trust the internet. You can't trust everything you read on the internet, Gramps. <laughs> Alan Thick theme songs. Now, hold on. What theme songs did Alan Thick sing? Oh, who cares? What theme songs did Alan <laughs> Thick write? Wikipedia. Uh... <laughs> He was on Growing Pains. Uh-huh. Yes, we've confirmed that. He's from Kirkland Lake, Ontario. Oh, he is? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Mm. Okay, wait. So some of that actually, that tracks a little bit, doesn't it? Yep. Where's Crash Test Dummies from? Oof. Uh, Winnipeg, I'm pretty sure. I mean. The peg. Kind of close. Kirkland Lake is pretty far north in Ontario. Yeah. He did write The Facts of Life. Different Strokes, The Facts of Life. Uh-huh. Joker's Wild, Celebrity Sweet States, The Diamond Head Game, Animal Crack Ups. Blank check stompers. Phew. <laughs> Phew. The original theme to Wheel of Fortune. Oh. There was a 
It wasn't just wheel up. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> cool. Uh, and yeah, and he was on Growing Pains. Okay, so he, he did not write. Mm. No, he didn't. But he did write <laughs> The Facts of Life, and that song is a ripping. Joke. I don't really, I don't think I know it. Still not as good as the Charles in Charge theme song, though. No, it's not. So back to Nielsen. 1971, Nielsen put out the first remix album ever, apparently. The first remix album? Yeah, so he took four songs from Pandemonium Shadow Show and eight songs from Aerial Ballet and just went back in the studio and just redid them. Like, redid all the vocals, remastered them, reworked them, remixed Put them. Put a bunch of new samples in them and made them danceable. For sure. Had uh, <laughs> got Mace in there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, some of the some of the stuff in there is really good. Because he's at, like, the height of his vocals right now. And it's, yeah. it's really good. Right. Yeah. Bef- um, before he decides to destroy his vocal cords for no reason. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was neat. After this, uh, his best album, in my opinion, uh, Nielsen Smilson, comes out in 71. In my opinion, it's his best record. Yeah. I mean, I I could see that. I kind of have... I I still stick to the Randy Newman one as his best album. Cool. Um, I mean, his albums are all, like, especially around this era, are all really good for different reasons. Yes, totally. Yeah. So, but, like, this one, I just think... I don't know. I just really like the production that Richard Perry got from him in this. Oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah. Richard Perry... Um, agreed to produce him if he just let him take complete creative control yeah um and i i think it paid off because yeah. this record's fucking phenomenal yeah totally um great songs on this record in my opinion like yeah. um you know like without you's on this record gotta get up is on this record can't live! <laughs> um, there's a lot of harry nielsen songs that are very focused on this like without like i could like there's probably like five or so a lot of his songs are, are focused on loss yeah a lot of them yeah yeah which is um about just like not being okay when somebody is gone well i mean it's probably just all cycles back to his dad leaving yeah which he did the exact same thing to his son yeah and his son so zach he left what, when zach was two years old that's what happens when you don't deal with your shit yeah you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess you end up becoming a millionaire songwriter right that's how it always works out when you don't deal with your shit well no you become a shitty person <laughs> exactly and the cycle repeats itself yeah unless you try which uh yeah watching in the um who's nielsen and why is everybody talking about him like watching zach talk yeah you're just like oh god yeah, yeah. especially because it's like it's already that documentary is good, but it's not this most well-made thing. No, it's not. It's, it's very dated at this point. Sure. But I do love the part at which, for no reason at all, we're just suddenly watching Van Dyke's Van Dyke Parks play something on the piano and then sit back wistfully and smile to himself. It's great. It's so great. cute. And Van Dyke Parks has that, that amazing little beard <laughs> yeah. at that point. It's, uh, it's wonderful. It is wonderful. <laughs> uh, he's on a high at this point. Uh-huh. Nielsen, he won uh, Pop Vocal of the Year, for, um, uh, I think Pop Male Vocal of the Year for, um, or maybe just overall for Without You. 
Right. Uh, everybody's losing their mind about Harry Nielsen at this point. Right. Um, this is after, you know, he's just, it's just hit after hit. Everything's landing. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is when just things start to get a little out of control because he starts yep. to get an ego and he puts out Son of Schmielsen. Yeah. Which, um, not a good record. No, not good. No. Mm-mm. Although, um, what's that song? Uh, uh, Breaking My Heart. I, I like that song. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I hate that You hate it. I, I hate like Breaking My Heart. I, I think it's it. good. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Are you more into better off debt? Uh, no. <laughs> that one's very, that one was troubling. Yeah, there's a few, that's definitely a troubling album. Sure. Um, and it, yeah, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't feel fun to listen to. No, it, it's, it sounds angry. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds uh, very like self-indulgent. It's like, it's... it's like the song that Adam Sandler sings in Wedding Singer. You remember that Oh, song? which one? <laughs> so I know. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, were you screaming? <laughs> yeah. Which one is that? I can't, I can't remember. remember. I can only remember parts of it. And then John Lovett's face. <laughs> Tears running constantly. Oh, somebody kill me, please. Somebody kill me, please. On my knees. Pretty, pretty, please. Kill me. Someone kill me. I love the wedding singer. I do. I love it too. That song that he sings at the end is so sweet. It's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Adam Sandler, truly living the fucking dream. (laughs) Just taking his friends to resorts to shoot movies. Yeah. Destinations. Yeah. (laughs) With his own production company. Yeah. Just living his life. Man, do it. Get it, Adam Sandler. Get those cookies. One. One at life. Yeah. <laughs> Just going for it. Adam Sandler won at life. Yeah. He's, he's great. <laughs> uh, all This whole thing was uh, him recording. Thomas Smilson was uh, recorded. Uh-huh. So every there was somebody with a camera at all times. Right. There was supposed to be a documentary called out called Did Somebody Drop His Mouse? Uh, what does that mean? I have no idea. Uh, like most Nielsen stuff, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's some weird fucking in joke uh, yeah. that only he gets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, for example, his next record, A Little Touch of Smielsen in the Night. Yes, which also I do not like. No, well, I don't mind it. I, I mean, hate Why do you hate jazz? It so I it's hate not, jazz not, standards. Fine. I hate them so much. Well, his producer at this point uh, was begging him after fucking uh the son of schmielsen just being like dude we were doing so well like can we just like make another record like that like i know it's in you and he's like nah dog like i gotta do this record of standards and he's like if you do this like we're done yeah he's like i'd have to and the reason he said that is because he knew that his voice was starting to go yeah. And he always wanted to do it. And he got like the London Philharmonic. He got yeah. uh, uh, Frank, Frank Sinatra's arranger, Gordon Jenkins, to arrange everything. Yeah. Um, and just put out a, a literal album of standards. It had to be you. I wandered around. Finally found somebody who But the problem is it's just extremely boring. Yeah, it's not I mean it's I Yeah, I guess I can't pick out like the nuances that are there, but I don't know. He seemed proud of it. 
and it's I mean, his it's, favorite record. Yeah, it's like, yeah, he sings the songs well, and it's great, but it's just like, I don't know, it's the same thing. Maybe it's just like I'm at this point, too. Like, I never really cared for music like that that much, but I used to work at HMB in the jazz section when <laughs> that really famous Diana Krall album came out the same year as that fucking Nora Jones album oh, came yeah. out the okay. same year as like some fucking Michael Bublé bullshit mm-hmm. came out and it's just like that kind of shit on rotation where I'm like guys do you all need to sing the same fucking song was that that was that <laughs> the same year that fucking uh what's his face what's his nuts from Led Zeppelin came with an album with somebody probably yeah. <laughs> probably yeah. i don't know <laughs> yeah that was a weird time yeah where everyone was just like let's just do some real watered down jazz standards, yeah, let's do some let's, standards. hey white people let's just do some real watered down <laughs> jazz standards it's like oh haven't had enough of this at christmas yeah how about an Ugh. autumn it probably all came out in the autumn i i truly have like i i would holds diana crawl with as much vitriol as i hold van morrison with she has <laughs> ruined my life <laughs> fuck you diana crawl <laughs> speaking of uh, dumb in jokes uh-huh. uh so the 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 name of this album a little touch of smilson in the night uh-huh. came from henry v shakespeare yeah your, your best friend shakespeare oh you knew this one was shakespeare i researched this one <laughs> okay okay like, i just was like ooh, okay <laughs> Uh, where Henry visits his troops, uh, uh-huh. and they say it's a little touch of Harry in the night. Oh. Yeah. I mean, so much, like, not not to be a smarty smarty pants, but, like, a lot of actual turns of phrases that we still currently use are Shakespearean in order. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean. It's pretty interesting. Name me, name three. I'm kidding. That, you know, well, that I can't. asshole thing. <laughs> I can't, do, I can't do that. <laughs> oh, you're a Shakespeare fan? <laughs> name three turns of phrase. Uh, then he put out Son of Dracula. Which mm-hmm. has the exact same cover as Son of Nielsen, and the movie is fucking unwatchable. Yep. Man, it was bad. With yeah. Ringo Starr. The only thing I found funny about that whole thing is that it was released by Rapple Records. Oh, right. RCA and Apple. Yeah. Rapple. <laughs> which I thought was great. But it's got, got a really good song called Daybreak in it, which I really enjoyed. Here come the daylight that's making me sad. Here come the sunlight said that to me before and all i thought of was day man oh <laughs> <laughs> imagine if he wrote day man oh my god oh you didn't know what harry nielsen wrote that in <laughs> 1971 harry nielsen wrote that <laughs> day man uh and then this is where it starts to go downhill uh yep. this is where he meets up with john lennon yeah uh who is smack dab in the middle of his last weekend yeah which is just when john uh john lennon turned more into a piece of shit and just became an alcoholic maniac uh and was fueled further in that endeavor by harry nielsen who was also at this point an alcoholic maniac yeah uh plus full-on just you know any drugs they could get their hands on um there's a really famous story about the Smothers Brothers coming back. Oh, yeah. They were doing like a big reunion show and John Lennon and Harry Nielsen and um, oh, what was John Lennon's girlfriend at the time? Pam Greer. No, not Pam Greer. Pam Greer was there, though. Was she? Yes. It was the <laughs> other one. The, his, it was like his secretary or whatever. Oh. Um, um. Oh, my God. What's her name? Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't remember her name. Anyways. So they show up and just uh, this was the night that Harry Nielsen introduced... Uh, John Lennon to Brandy Alexander's, mm-hmm. which is just Brandy and Milk, and Gross. goes down 
real smooth and you drank a ton of them uh to the point where like apparently the smothers brothers their first show back like huge reunion show had to be like stopped at one point to like physically take john lennon and harry nielsen out yeah because john lennon was saying like most people like john lennon would turn into an alcoholic like just mania not alcoholic sorry he would get very drunk Mm -hmm. and just turn into a complete asshole Mm -hmm. and there'd always be somebody around to just be like john you should tone it down like you should take it like maybe we shouldn't do this right whereas harry nielsen would be like you hear what they said to you, John? <laughs> you hear what they're doing up there? Yeah. I think we should keep this going. Just got a real instigator energy going on there. Sure. And and that's like, there were so many stories of people just being like, at this point in Harry Nielsen's life, like it was just completely unhinged. Yeah. Like Harry Nielsen would show up at your door and you'd just be like, what's going to happen for the next four days? Oh, no. You know what I mean? Like, uh, who was it? Mickey Dolenz from the Monkees said yeah. that like he just like woke up like two, like, states over like and was just like what the fuck happened like (laughs) robin williams had a bunch of stories like that too because they worked together on popeye oh yeah yeah um yeah like he was just completely just like at at this point just had like almost like a death wish like you could just tell that it was it was self-sabotage well yeah and it's like obviously that's that happens with somebody who's like pretty significant mental health issues and like well, not dealing with their stuff and like trauma and all that stuff for so, sure yeah. like the way that he's that somebody said it i think it might have been his wife said that like he never expected to live to be older yeah so he just went full on yeah just just everything that came towards him was just like yeah let's do it let's right. do it and let's do it to the extreme right <clears throat> so at this point he put out the album pussycats with mm-hmm. john lennon producing mm-hmm. um this is an okay album. I like this album. It's good, but it's like, it's, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard to listen to because one thing that uh, happened on this record is that Harry Nielsen literally shredded his voice. Yeah. Like you, he's, his voice was never the same after this record. He mm-hmm. had um, ruptured one of his vocal cords. Yeah. And kept it from John Lennon. Didn't tell him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they found like blood on the microphone. Oh my God. Uh, they were having screaming contests to see who could like scream the longest, the loudest in the microphone. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to the song "Old Forgotten Soldier," yeah, you you like you're just like that's that's it. Yeah, like that's right where it happened. That's where it's just there's nothing left. Yeah. I'm an old forgotten campaign here. You'll see that, like, he's going to spend a lot of his time trying to prove that he still has a voice, which he doesn't. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, this is it. Yeah. Um, they originally wanted to call the album Strange Pussies. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the record label was like, nah, dog. So <laughs> yeah. they called it um, Pussycats. Uh-huh. Uh, but because they were saying, like, they were getting all this press, John Lennon and Harry Nielsen, that they were like, maniacs in the night with uh-huh. booze and they're like oh, we're just pussycats yeah um <laughs> the last song in this record rock around the clock uh-huh did you know that 
that's Ringo Starr, Jim Kelter, and Keith Moon on drums on oh. three separate drum kits. <laughs> I did not know that. Which is wild. Also, the version of uh, Subterranean Homesick Blues oh, yeah, yeah, is yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. And uh, Save the Last Dance is heartbreaking. Yeah. One thing that's also cool about this record is that uh, Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder came by uh, for one of the sessions of this record. And this was actually the last time that it was ever recorded that John Lennon and Paul McCartney played on the same record uh, after the breakup of the Beatles. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's a bootleg called A Toot and a, Sh- and a Snore in <laughs> 1974. Um I tried to listen to like some of it. A lot of it is just John Lennon being drunk and complaining. Like being like, My, this sounded better, like, you know, oh, a half yeah. hour ago. We should do this again. And like, yeah. But there's a really cool version of Stand By Me on there. Which oh, became a John Lennon. Um, I love the the version of "Many Rivers to Cross" on that one too. Yeah, like that yeah. Whole Jimmy Cliff song. So that's good. the that's the opening. It's the yeah. opening song, yeah. and you can hear that like that awesome like John Lennon guitar in the background. Yeah, like, yeah, it sounds like the like Mind Games guitar kind of exactly like the Mind Games guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, you can tell that like you know that's that's where they were going. I, I, I mean, it's a it's a good record, but it's uh, it's also just kind of heartbreaking, in, in my opinion. And uh, after that, it's just really him just trying to get back to his like just former glory of what he wanted to or what people expected of him. You know what I mean? Like he put out du- duet mon mondi or mondia in 1975, mm-hmm. um, and I think that was his last album with rca and then he they actually bought him out of his contract oh right they were like sir yeah please leave (laughs) uh so yeah like he put out a couple more records after that um nothing really of note honestly that i can really like that i was able to find really great um the next big thing that happened in harry nielsen's life at that point was when john lennon was shot right uh, Harry Nielsen changed his whole persona. Right. He became, like, really into, like, gun control after that. Yeah, he became a gun addict, like, an anti-gun addict. Yeah. And he, um, like, he would go on television. He would go on... My name is Harry Nielsen, and I'm uh, national chairman of the End Handgun Violence Week, which takes place between October 25th and October 31st. Uh, if you'd like to help us end handgun violence, please write to 100 Maryland Avenue... Northeast, Washington, D.C., 20002. Too bad we have so many people dying every year from handgun violence. Thank you. You know, like he was doing like sit down interviews, which he yeah. never did. Yeah. That's something that Just, we totally forgot to mention is that he, ne- Harry Nielsen he didn't, didn't tour. And he didn't tour, yeah. He he was not interested in that. Um, 
like the thing about the that documentary too when they get to that point it's very interesting like how many people weigh in on it how they were like they thought it was weird or they're like i don't know why he's doing this or whatever like that it wasn't worthwhile like it seemed like they really framed it as being like you know like this seems stupid why was he doing it yeah like 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 a waste of time or whatever and i wanted to be like what is wrong with you people Mm -hmm. like obviously like access to firearms is a huge problem in like America continues to be huge Still problem is, in America. Yeah, obviously. And it's sort of like it's always a worthy fight to be like, hey, ding dongs. It's yeah. the, it's about the fucking guns. Like don't give access to guns to people who are not stable. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I mean that's that's <laughs> the like you basic one to one equation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean he watched his he watched one of his best friends get gunned down. Yeah, which was like totally preventable. 100%, right. In a definitely. lot of ways, totally preventable. Yeah. So yeah, so, and at this point, he really, like, he just kind of became a, um, like, a, a family man again. Like, yeah. He, he married this new woman, Una, mm-hmm. uh, had a bunch more kids, apparently was a fantastic father at this point. Um, I mean, doesn't make up for all the shit he did before, yeah. but at this point, he just kind of turned his life around, just kind of mellowed out. Yep. Um, Popeye soundtrack, though, did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you hear the, the demos, though? This is page 97, Bob, where, uh... Popeye and Olive fall in love. She overhears them while they're looking at the sweet pea, if you know what I mean. She's around the corner, right? And all at once I knew, I knew at once, I knew he needed me. The demos are really beautiful. The demos are amazing. Yeah. Like his version of He Needs Me. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Really neat. I was like, yeah, Harry Nielsen. It's a, it was a, uh, a neat, just, it, it, it interesting to watch you yes. know what i mean just watch a guy with such promise just like self-sabotage and then try to come back in a certain way yeah yeah and he died really young he and died then at he died, 52 yeah. i think yeah yeah i mean so it's kind of different than some other artists that we've covered too because it's like then he doesn't have the time to go through his shitty dad blues phase. What kind of shitty dad blues do you think he'd be playing if he was still alive? God knows what he'd be playing. <laughs> I think about I think about that, like with the, like the people who die young like that. Like yeah. you know, like what would Kurt Cobain be playing right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh would Kurt Cobain God. be like singing like Tears in Heaven songs? Like yeah. would he be on TikTok? He'd be doing sensitive uh covers of like Blink What Eighty Two songs or something. Right? Like you know, I just don't I just don't know. Or like, you know, anybody like that. Like Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, imagine how fucking horrible Jim Morrison would have got. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Jim Morrison just would have slowly progressed into the most Clapton and Clapton that has ever lived. Oh, I'm sure. He would be the most right wing asshole, like, sure. just like just pure garbage, like, just garbage man. Yeah. Just the worst. <laughs> just the worst. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's all I can say about Harry Nielsen. That's, that's, I, I don't have any more. That's all you can say? That was a lot of Harry Nielsen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's go into our soft focus. All right. Uh, you start. I get to start. I'm very curious to see if we have any overlaps. We might. We might not. I listen, again, I listen to a lot of Harry Nielsen. This is yeah. probably the deepest dive I've taken. So my first one is um, Don't Forget Me. Pussycats. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So I love that song. I actually heard it first. Um, f- I heard the Nico Case cover mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. it first. Sure. When we're older and 
I still think like the Harry Nielsen version has like a lot to it and like you really feel that kind of like um the general narrative of being like a shitty shitty butt hurt dude you know sure sure <laughs> sure <laughs> Ella you know like uh who else is like that like a Loudon Wainwright very much sure. as a shitty butt hurt dude too <laughs> that I still I I think he's great yeah. Yeah. yeah what was the what mustache Attempted mustache. Attempted mustache. Yeah, <laughs> it's my whole persona right now. Uh, that album's fantastic. I know. I love. Yeah. I love the song uh, Hollywood Hopeful. Just like the line, "I'm a full fledged grown up adult. I'm trying to make a dent. Trying to get a result." <laughs> he's he's fantastic. He's good. I love him. Okay. Um. So that's my number one. Number two is got to get up. Yeah. That's yeah. Gotta get up. Gotta get out. Gotta get home before the morning comes. What if I'm late? Gotta be. Gotta get up, gotta get out, gotta get out. Ooh, the season two comes. of Russian Dolls coming out. I saw that. Yeah, which is uh, another time when I, I didn't know that song by Harry Nielsen. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. I guess that that like show probably, you know, did a small Harry Nielsen resurgence yeah, for bump. people again, yep. you know? Um, the Puppy Song. Puppy Song's course. great. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. The sea, share a bit of moon with me. I take my friend most everywhere. La, 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 I wouldn't care. But we would stay away from crowds. So good. So cute. Yeah. Um, Lifeline from The Point. Which one's that? It's the one that's like, uh, oh, I always kind of forget, but it's like the like one that where it's like, is there anyone out there? It's cold, and I'm so It's like hello, hello, yeah. <laughs> it's just a short, really cute song, and it just like ends in a really like beautiful way. Yeah, is that that's when uh, Oblio like first gets to the forest, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or no, is it? I think oh, no, it's walking to after the, the that because I think the one that's like think about the bubbles is the first one that he gets mm-hmm. in the forest. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, cool. and then living without you, which is from the Randy Newman. So- yep yeah fantastic which is so good and definitely like sorry randy but like way better than randy newman's version yeah because of where he ends it he gets that like he comes into that place with that really um tight harmony with himself and then comes over top of it with that sustained note yeah. and you're just like just, you've killed me yeah, it's, it's amazing i cease to be alive yeah. now <laughs> but i mean he was playing on that record randy newman so yeah. that's cool totally paul and newman yeah paul newman was playing on that record a <laughs> <laughs> famous salad dressing mogul paul newman <laughs> yeah, yeah little did you know that harry nelson and randy newman were 
two of the Bash brothers <laughs> from Slapshot. I, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alternative timelines. Yeah, exactly uh, right. What are your top fives? Uh, I got Without You first. I love Without You. That's such uh-huh. a fantastic song. Um, and it's just one of those ones that, like, I can listen to that song all the time. Because you can't live if living is without you. It's true. It's true. It's, I'm just actually, I think about my Aerosmith hat every time. <laughs> you just sing it to your Aerosmith hat. Yeah. I can't live if living is without you. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, I have my first ever tie. I couldn't decide between these two songs. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Uh, gotta get up and arrow. Oh, yeah, hmm. I like both of those songs a lot, yeah. and I couldn't figure out which one I like better. Yeah, so I just put them in the, the same one. All right, there yep. you go. Um, living without you. From uh, yeah. sings Newman, fantastic! It's just such a good song. Yeah, like it's like it's it's got like oh, it's so sad, and it's so like poignant. It's just done fantastically. It's, it's well. just perfect. It's like one of those perfect little like short songs where you're just like you you've communicated exactly everything you needed to communicate in this short little song, and it'll like forever will haunt me. Yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I have Bath from Ariel Pandemonium oh, Ballet. I do really like Bath. Bath is fantastic. Except it gets kind of weird. Here this morning with a smile upon my face. I'm beginning to think there's hope for the human race. I'm leaving here this morning, but I don't know where I've been. There's a lot of talk about the place, but I'll be back again. It does, but I really <laughs> like that version. How does it start from, again? What's the first I line or I whatever? I can't remember exactly. There's what, like some kind of funny little you're line. You're better at lines than I am. I know. I forget what he says. Uh, and then I have Turn On Your Radio from Sonish Milson. I don't know where I'm going now that I am gone. I hope the wind that's blowing helps me carry I think I know that one. It's the one that almost sounds eerily like Blackbird by the Beatles. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's like it's mostly guitar. Um, I really like it. It's a really good song. Just a mellow, just like short and sweet. I think it's like if I was to say anything, I would say it's a direct response to Blackbird. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hmm. good. Yeah. What about your hard misses? Uh, so one of my first hard misses, <laughs> it had to be you. It had. It had to be you I wandered around Because What's that from? It's from uh, A Touch of Schmielsen in the Night Okay, sure Because yeah, again, yeah. I hate jazz standards <laughs> I hate every cover of Summertime I hate every person who decides that they want to re-sing something that Frank Sinatra has sung or Ella Fitzgerald or like whoever. Like just 
Let it be. Stacey. Nobody needs to hear hater. those songs again. <laughs> jazz hater. I'm I am a self-proclaimed jazz hater. Fair. Like I the only type of jazz I will listen to is like acid jazz. Yeah, weird like 70s jazz, like sure. Pharaoh Sanders and like sure. Alice Coltrane and shit like that. Like yeah, yeah. Miles Davis a little bit, but like not too smooth. Smooth <laughs> jazz, no thank you. <laughs> if it's not like fucking weird like that I don't care. If it isn't like Sun Ra territory, I don't want to hear it. I want my I want my jazz to sound like it was played by Zoot from the Muppets. Yes, exactly. That's what I want my jazz to sound like. No dad jazz. Yeah, Thank or you very played much. by an alien who's playing their nose. <laughs> I want to be uncomfortable and confused. <laughs> or the greatest jazz player of our time, uh-huh. the Purple People Eater, playing like the trumpet in his head. Playing the horn? Did you ever hear that Purple People Eater playing no. the horn? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Pretty good. Oh, okay. Pretty good. Okay. Yep. <laughs> jazz. <Pretty> good. <laughs> Your famous jazz legend, the Purple People Eater. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Uh, and? This is going to be controversial. I know exactly what it is. <laughs> you're breaking my heart. Yeah. Oh, damn. I thought you were going to say. No, because we decided we weren't going to talk about that. Because it does not deserve to be talked about because it is that bad. I mean, I'm definitely just going to beep it out. I thought you were talking about. Uh, no, you're breaking my heart because I just, it's just like. I like it. It's so uh, schlocky. It's so schlocky. And the video is amazing. Just him being the fucking prick. Like, I'm. Yeah. I, I like it. Especially for that era. It's just like. I don't know. I, I'm kind of. Uh, I can get behind, like, a self indulgent, just like, maniac album. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the story of it. I'm not going to listen to it. But that song is, like, at the time, just being like, we need a single. Closest thing to a single? That. Where, like, you know, yeah. it says the word fuck you in 1971. Like, yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just me for, yeah. I just find it annoying and dumb. Sure. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, I went a little later. Uh-huh. So off of a B-Sides record called Lost and Found with two S's. Lost and Found. Oh, yeah. What's that? Hey, wait. What's that album where he has double eyes on it? Uh Oh, shit. That's like one of his last ones. It's like um, Knielsen or something. Yeah, I think it's... Oh, it's Nilsson. K-N-I-L-S-S-O-N. Yeah, and he's got double eyes. I don't like that double eye thing. It's not It's not very good. I didn't like yeah, the Yeah, no, it's not good. <laughs> uh, Yo, Dodger Blue. Which is essentially just him trying to write something for the 
Dodgers to like play at their stadium as far as I can tell oh so he was like trying to battle with Randy Newman I think for so, an yeah. I love LA yeah. moment right <laughs> um it's it's definitely just about the Dodgers like oh, it's, God, it's so not a good song dumb <laughs> uh and then after that I have from the album that's the way it is a uh, zombie jamboree back to back, belly to belly, and I don't give a damn cause I don't She jumps on top of the grave. That's just the way it is. <laughs> never be the same. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, where he breaks out his um, patois accent again. No. Yeah, not really into it. Um, not a good song. Uh, I'm also not really into like, uh, like white people Caribbean vibes. Yeah, just don't do it. Yeah. Just like, how about you just don't? Like, yeah. there's no reason for you to do that. Yeah, it was a thing at the time, though. I know. You know what I mean? Not not saying that that's yeah, whatever, but yeah, like it's uh, but you know, it's just sort of like guys. Like no. this is in the the Loggins and Messina era, like same oh, time yeah. time frame. It's just like Ooh. something happened. Yeah, it could just be everybody going down to that fucking record studio. Oh, that like, Island Records, or whatever? yeah, the Island Records <laughs> yeah. studio, where it's just like everybody's just like, holy fuck! Like, <laughs> I one hundred percent blame Island Records for this, <laughs> <laughs> and all those silky smooth like uh, palm tree shirts that people were wearing. Sure, I'll wear a silky smooth palm tree shirt right now. <laughs> What's that? Uh, I keep thinking of that video that you sent me of that guy um, uh, on the boat with his lady. Oh my god, what was the song? It was like Guy on the boat with his lady. And you oh man, I can't even remember enough details. Oh, with the fucking beard? Yeah, yeah, yeah the beard. Oh, my God, who was that? Um, <laughs> that was referenced in one of our very early episodes. It was, yeah. That was definitely in the Loggins and Messina episode. Was it? Fuck, what was that guy's name? I forget. Yeah, and it was like... <laughs> I can't even remember the name of the place that he was talking about. He's singing about a place. Yeah, and all I remember is that he's wearing, like, a white sport coat, very hairy chest, medallions. Yeah. Like, the thickest, just jet black beard and long hair. Like a lot, a lot of hair. Yeah, he's looking su- great. Surprising amount of hair. Good look. <laughs> if I could grow a beard, that would be my look for summer. Oh, I love that. Just wearing a suit yeah. at all times. No, I mean, no shirt. Ex- ex- or experiment with the like shirt unbuttoned down to your belly button. I don't have enough chest hair to do it. <laughs> Even better. Yeah, perfect. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth. Maybe I'll just get really tan. Yeah, like get. Wait, here's what you do. You get like a really like hard farmer's tan, like hard. Like you got the neckline, you got the sure, you sure. Got, you got the sleeve line too. Then you got the collared shirt, white collared shirt, unbuttoned to the belly button, so you can see that hard neckline. So it looks like you're wearing. Yeah, it looks a shirt. like I'm wearing a white shirt underneath. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. That's the look. That's the look. Then I'll perm my hair. Yeah. Sing a lot about island vibes. Yeah. <laughs> we do technically live on an island. It is kind or of. Is lit. It's whatever it is. It's yep. like an island with, you know, it's like a loose tooth of an island. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> We're an island that was made an island by a man-made canal. Yes. Uh, but still. I could still sing about island vibes. I guess I suppose so. 
Maybe I'll just sing about Rosé. Yeah, you could. <laughs> the, 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 the wine bard. <laughs> the wine bard of Prince Ever Cat. <laughs> okay, I'm tired. Oh, I guess we have to go to go now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye.